welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and we have the lovely and talented cat. That's C-A-T, throwing out the first pitch. Cat, what's happening? Hey, how y'all doing? Please be on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. Uh, let's see, we've got two talents to shout out today. They're both in Virginia today. Uh, one is Waterview, Virginia in Middlesex County. Waterview is located there on the Rappahannock River. Our other uh, place of renown is Lake Monticello, a little gated community there in Fluvanna County, giving y'all a big round of applause. Local flavor. All right, alcohol is never in short supply here on the back porch. Today, I'm all in on the Long Island iced tea. I got away from it for a while, got a little lazy. It's a little bit to it. The Long Island iced tea, it does take a little effort, but I haven't lost my touch. I can make a good one, and it's very effective. Kat, what you sipping? I've got some leftover Easter candy, so I made me a cocktail called the Drunk Bunny. Whoa. A little marshmallow bunny on the top. I see that. It's, it's a little of, scary. He's he, kind of floating on top. It's so. like he killed a peep. <laughs> All right. Today we're going to hurt everybody's feelings and take a run at Chick-fil-A. Now, I'm sure most of you are saying, what could two old guys on the back porch possibly find wrong with Chick-fil-A? Everybody loves that place. Well, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with your precious Chick-fil-A. But first, I'm going to do a little history with Steve. A little slow on the effects today. A little slow. We'll get with it. Okay. A man named Truett Kathy. That's right. His last name was Kathy. He, he opened a diner named the Dwalt Grill in Atlanta, right? Right. Suburb, suburb, suburb of Atlanta. Okay. So, Hateville. So he he tested hundreds of recipes. Truett Kathy. And he, he came up with the recipe that the Chick-fil-A sandwich, as we know today, still uses. Do you know uses. how he got the chicken? How I'm did gonna, he get the chicken? Okay, so a salesman comes in one of the pushers that you have of food that you know food delivery guys he's got a delivery of chicken fillets that's supposed to be for delta as we know delta is a hit atlanta is the headquarters for delta delta rejected it so he showed up and said i'll give it to you half price for this whole bunch of chicken fillets and it's like huh well rich people are eating the chicken fillets on an airplane maybe i'll figure out how to Make something out of it. And so he put his seasoning on it, cooked it up, and the rest is history. Now, Chick-fil-A also, it started, I want to say it's a food court, but Truett went to this mall in Atlanta. No, 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 no. Before that, when he first had him, see, I I watched um, History Channel. Uh, food that made America. Oh, anyway, you cheated. I cheated. <laughs> I did crib notes. He made them, and he 
didn't sell them right there, the grill he had. He went and tried to sell them for Waffle House. And Waffle House would sell his Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And then eventually they got so popular. Waffle House, please don't send us any more of those. That's all everybody wants. So then, as I was saying, he started a Chick-fil-A in a mall in Atlanta. At first, the mall owner didn't want him in there. He said, I don't want your greasy chicken stinking up my mall. But when he opened the place in the mall, the line was out the door. Am I right? Correct. Then he opened up his first, I guess, outside the mall restaurant in 1986, which was also in Atlanta. Okay, that's what I was trying to come up with. And I don't, I'm sure some of you, most of you remember, they, remember they had that ad campaign for uh, Eat More Chicken? It was on billboards and I guess it was on ad, I mean, adver- advertising on TV. Heck, our daughter's um, ice show there at Skate Nation, there was a cow that ran around a cow thing said Eat More Chicken, right? I remember it was everywhere. Chick-fil-A, they've also sponsored the Peach Bowl since 1996. Truett Cathy, the innovator of this thing, he passed away in 2014. And his son and grandson are still in control of the company. And of course, still Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. You cannot bow down and worship the Chick-fil-A sandwich after church. Well, I mean, we grew up, there was the blue laws. You wouldn't, there would be a lot of things open up on well, Sundays. Well, the Truett, Kathy, his family, they are religious. So no Sundays. But I have another theory of why Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. It's so they can count the money. Okay, there's two places out here that have cars wrapped around them all day long. One is a Starbucks, and the other is Chick-fil-A. Now, here's what I don't get. Chick-fil-A has cars wrapped around the building at like 2 o'clock every day. What meal is that? I mean, free country, eat when you want to eat, but is it 2 p.m.? It's not lunch. It's not dinner time. I don't know. I guess we'll call it dunch. I don't know. But I'm going to go through my last visit at the Chick-fil-A. Oh, baby, what went wrong? Well, I'm going to tell you. It was around, it was lunchtime. It was close. It was like 11, 20, 30, whatever. And believe it or not, nobody was at the drive-thru. That's probably why I went through there. So I pull up to the big box thing with the menu on it. You know, you're supposed to talk into the little box. And here comes this dude, little young dude rolls up with a tablet. And y'all have been there. You already know all this. They've been doing it for a long time since the coronavirus hit. So he comes up uh, and asks to take my order. So he, he goes and he taps on the little tablet thing and it won't work. So he, he's yelling at somebody, I need another tablet. And, and now people are piling up behind me in the line thinking I'm the one holding it up. So I'm sitting right there in front of the big the big menu thing with the little talking box in it. I said, dude, I'll just place the order right here. Old school style. And he goes, uh, yeah, we don't use that anymore. So he goes and gets another tablet 
Just trying to give you personal service. I know. They're, they're trying to speed up the process. So I, I place the order. He goes, uh, $9.34. So I try to give him a $10 bill. He goes, nah, I don't take cash here. You, you got to go around the corner. So I go around the corner. I've done this before. There's like a little plastic little hut there where they sit. Nobody there. So I pull up to where there used to be a takeout window. Used to. I don't, that's my favorite word I made up. Used to. U-S-T-A. So I get up there, and I don't know about your Chick-fil-A, but airs out here, they've, they've cut a big section of the wall out where, the, where they used to hand you the food through the window. Now it's a big, open, gaping space with like a table there. I pull up there. There's this old dude standing there with, I don't know, a lot of makeup on and pretty proud of his hair. Looks like he spends a lot of time on that. And he like sticks his head like damn near inside my truck and says, sorry for the wait, sir. And I'm like, I haven't waited for anything. So I give him the 10 spot for the food. He, he acts like I just handed him a hot potato. So he turns around and gives it's it to the called cold hard cash. He turns around, and gives it to the to the twenty year old punk who had this mean look on his face. And I look over inside the Chick Fil A. Since there's no wall there now, it's just it's just a big open space. And I watched my bag of food get finger fucked by six different people before the old creepy guy handed it to me. I mean, what what do you do in Chick Fil A? I mean. Why is going to a fast food place to get a freaking average chicken sandwich become so freaking complicated? I, I really don't get it. Now, you talk about overthinking a process. Now, back in my day, when you went to Chick-fil-A, everybody working there kind of looked happy. And now they all look pissed. It's like Chick-fil-A has the work environment of uh, Amazon. Well, I mean, you went to the busiest one probably in the whole city, I would think. They're all busy. So, so I get the hell out of there, right? And I go over to this big parking lot that's behind the Chick-fil-A. I open up my eight-piece Nuggies, right? And it, it, it it's a carton of grease. These eight little greasy, disgusting nothings. I grab one of the Chick-fil-A's pathetic version of a waffle fry. And I understand if, you know, it was Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, KFC back in the day. They were all going at it cutthroat. And then Chick-fil-A came out with these magic waffle fries that swept the nation. Everybody was like, oh, my God, these are the greatest fries in the world. They had that on the uh, food that made America, the whole section on how those are made well my waffle fries sucked out loud okay (laughs) they were just wimpy limpy the ones that's got the skin all down the side take your waffle fries and stick it now now here's a cherry on top everybody knows i like a cherry on top those freaking ketchup packets I know I'm being oh, petty, Lord, but those seen. bastards, don't, don't tell me if you're a Chick-fil-A regular, maybe you know how to do it. Maybe girlfriend got some fingernails. I don't know what the combination lock is to opening these goddamn 
ketchup packets from Chick-fil-A. I hate those bastards. Every time I try to open one, that shit goes all over me, the ceiling, the seat. I don't know. He's got a special gift. Chick-fil-A, look, slow your roll, okay? Take a little, little more time, a little more care with the food, okay? I understand the hurry. The Chick-fil-A here, it's always busy. But but here's the root of the problem for Chick-fil-A is where they put these freaking things. Around here, you know, there's damn near Chick-fil-A. Everybody, you know, within, there's one here, then you go 10 miles, there's another. And they put them in the worst possible place. Am I wrong, Kat? The worst possible places you can put. The line... The lines of cars, they're always protruding out way beyond the boundaries of their restaurant. You know, Chick-fil-A cars, the customers' cars, they're blocking entrances to other businesses, blocking parking lots to other businesses. It is an issue around here. I'm not just making it up. I mean, sometimes that one particular one you go to, it's hard to even get into the bank or the um, office I Place. just said it, 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 it's 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 not just that one. There's other ones out here that are blocking up shit. There seems to be a Chick Fil A addiction around here, and I'm addicted to a lot of things, but not Chick Fil A. All right, let's roll right into one tough son of a bitch. All right, this week. It's David Goggins, and I hope I'm not massacring your name, David. 47 years old from Buffalo, New York. David had a rough childhood, had a horrible father. An alcoholic one. Yeah. David Goggins, he first joined the Air Force, but was diagnosed with sickle cell and got taken out of training. Dude blimped up to 300 bills. Okay. Then he lost 100 pounds and on his third attempt became a Navy SEAL. Eat Man, that. He really wanted to do that, didn't he? In 2001, he joined SEAL Team 5 and saw active duty in Iraq. In 2004, he graduated from the Army Ranger School. Dude was a SEAL, a Ranger. In 2005, he learned that all but one of the members of SEAL Team 10 had been killed by the Taliban. So David Goggins, he began running ultra marathons to raise money for the Special Operations Warriors Foundation. Great cause. Give give them something. To date, David Goggins has raised over $2 million. This man has pushed his body to the limits over and over again in the name of helping others. And that makes David Goggins one tough son of a bitch. Cat, are we, uh, man, the, the, the sound effects are just dragging ass today. I'm All right, Cat, <laughs> what you watching? Um, I just started watching Marie Antoinette on PBS. It's pretty good. It starts off about when she was a 14 years old and was engaged to who would later be, uh, Louis the 16th. Anyway, it's it's pretty good. She's goes to France and she meets the family and the grandfather's the one um running the show, Louis the fifteenth. 
And, you know, it's kind of a strange operation. She's she's there and she's learning about France and she's kind of there on the her her family's her mother's the Grand Duchess of Austria and the Habsburgs. What's it on? It's on PBS and okay. it's it's pretty good so far and it kind of shows you the, stop. It kind of shows you her early life, okay. you know, not the part where she lost her head and everything, but it's it's pretty good thus far. Give All it right. a, give it a look it at What's PBS or PBS Passport, Marie Antoinette. Wow. I remember her from history class. I don't think you did. I didn't pay attention. All right, today Obviously. is cocktail of the week. Sex on the beach. I'm not going to comment on that. All right. It's very easy to make sex on the beach. Okay. This the one is. The origin of this is attributed to Tid Pizzo, a Florida bartender in the 1980s, a uh, little concoction. They were trying to promote a thing that came out peach schnapps. Uh, you know, I used to, back Schnappy. in the 80s, I used to drink a lot of fuzzy navels, and they just went a little further with this. And. Um, Famous for spring break of 1987. Love it. It's very easy. Get your shaker out. Got a shot of vodka. Quality vodka. Kettle one's my favorite. Or Tito's. Half shot of, Cat mentioned, peach schnapps. A shot of freshly squeezed orange juice. And a shot of cranberry juice. Not that hard. Vodka, schnapps, OJ cranberry put it in your shaker fill with ice shake the shit out of it and pour it in a highball glass filled with ice now this one i'm not much on garnishes but i would definitely put a little umbrella in there very easy just sit back and pretend you're at the beach bar cat has actually made us a sex on the beach again no comment all right i'm gonna take a sip see what we got damn that's good that is a good one. Are you sure there's alcohol in that? I put it in there, so it should be. I'd put two shots of vodka. The next one will have dose. All right. Thank you, Kat. The sex on the beach. Give it a shot. That's a pretty good one. All right. Today, we were bumpered in with a band called Always. It's Always. It's... But somebody already had the name, so they had to change the W to two Vs, correct? Correct. All right. Formed in 2011 from Prince Edward Island, Canada. You got Molly Rankin, vocals and guitar. Sheridan on drums. Uh, We got, oh, it's Sheridan Riley. Sorry, Sheridan. Carrie McClellan on keyboards. And looks like Abel Blackwell on bass. Alec O'Hanley? And Alec O'Hanley on guitar. And he's pretty slick. Um, I'm a sucker for female power pop. I like the first album. Always did. The second one, not so much. But they released Blue Rev, which you're going to get that for my birthday, right? Oh, sure, babe. And isn't, you know, Molly came from a long line of like Celtic folk music, right? And that's where she got her fiddle playing. Yes. He says if she said if you play a fiddle, you're sort of like a Jedi. You have an aura around you. Uh, it's just like you know, not everyone's able to do it. And if you're good at it when you're young, 
that's more power to you. Always released the album Blue Rev about six months ago. I've iTunes some of it, YouTubed a lot of it. I think it's great. I want a hard copy of it. Belinda says, Mini Mirrors. Today we were bumpered in with the song Tom Verlaine. It's great. Um, they are playing tonight in New Century Hall in Manchester, UK. So many great songs from this band. I like Molly Rankin's lyrics and her singing style. Molly got, Molly got some style. She has some talent. I want to see this band live, uh, but they're coming nowhere around here uh, that I've seen this year. But check out Always wherever you get your music. We want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you all down the road. See ya.